Welcome to Ad Chatter, the podcast from adpulp.com, where we gather around the virtual water cooler and talk about ads and the ad business. Welcome, friends and colleagues, to another episode of Ad Chatter with your hosts, Dan Goldgeier in Seattle, and I am David Byrne in Austin, Texas. Dan, how are things in Seattle? Everything's all right. Winter is coming. It's a little gray. It's a little cold, but you know what? Everything's fine. It's football season. Yeah, the University of Washington Huskies have not started playing, but I know in the rest of the country, I mean, I'm an SEC fan, so we're we're in the middle of things, and the NFL's in the middle of things, and you know, it's a it's a shot of semi normalcy in a world gone mad. Well, talk to me about this brand confusion around the dogs and the dogs. Yeah, well, you know, Georgia Bulldogs have been the Bulldogs since 1892, and I don't know how long the Huskies have been also dogs, but they both spell them D-A-W-G-S sometimes. And if you ask me, Georgia was the original, and Washington's just playing catch-up. But you know what? they're far enough apart that nobody really makes a big, big confusion. Nobody gets confused except, uh, you know, a few people, a bulldog, a Husky. These are noble creatures. Yeah. Um, before we get rolling on today's show, this week's show, I would like to thank our friends at Hormel and particularly the black label bacon brand uh one of the things that's fun about producing ad pulp is you sometimes get ad pulp related swag in the mail dan and i got this uh i know our listeners can't see it but i have a bacon scented mask to wear on the city <laughs> a bacon scented mask now does it smell like bacon it smells very strongly of bacon does your, does your dog jump up and want to lick your face? Um, she is not doing that uh, when I have to ask <laughs> on, no. At other times when I'm taking my nap, that might happen. Um, if you would like to have such a mask, uh, the idea is they're running a promotion on blacklabelbacon.com. That's blacklabelbacon.com. Dot com and actually you can go to their insta as well and see this mask <laughs> uh, and decide if you want to enter the promotion or not uh so little plug for our bacon loving friends at hormel thank you for the mask uh it's breathable bacon that's product innovation dan yeah i mean it's a line extension Moving on, uh, we're 10 days away from the election. And to me, one of the great reliefs will be not seeing political advertising. It's everywhere. Are you in the, so in Washington and in the Seattle market, uh, what, what is it like to watch local television? Because here in Austin, Texas, the, the local airwaves are literally crammed with horrible commercials for candidates what's what are you looking at up there 
Yeah, well, there are some contested races out here. There is nothing that I would say is over the top. Uh, depending on where you are in Washington State, this is a largely blue state or comfortably blue state. So we're seeing some congressional races. Some of the candidates are, are getting their last minute messages. And even uh, we have a governor's race that's somewhat competitive, although probably not in the end, and an attorney general's race. So there's really not a lot of back and forth. Um, craziness to the extent that the presidential race is attracting and certainly in other um, hotly contested Senate races. And I know that that's what you're going to talk about right now. I'm going to talk about it because here in Texas, things are really up for grabs. Uh, the incumbent Senator Big John Cornyn is running against MJ Hagar. And there's Besides the political battle, there's the battle of commercials. There's several from each campaign that, that you know I could point to, but I'm going to go ahead for our listeners and play this one from the Cornyn camp, and then we'll talk about it for a few minutes. We are going to kick some serious ass. You don't ass with Texas women. Spineless ass. Facebook-looking ass. Kisser? I don't give a sh. Are you sh? Then, there's Senator John Cornyn's way. Treat people with respect. The press says he's found a way to cut through the rancor. Holy sh**. Senator John Cornyn fights smart for all of Texas. I'm John Cornyn, and I approve this message. So, John, uh, so Dan, Big John is trying to make his opponent uh, seem vulgar. And... I. <laughs> I wish that, that the viewers could distinguish between actual vulgarity and, and these false claims. Um, and also, who's Big John trying to appeal to and what is he trying to say here? Uh, is he trying to say that uh, the ladies, the women of Texas are to be polite? It seems misogynist to me. Well, you know, uh, last night we watched the Borat sequel, um, which is very bizarre and very funny. And there's a scene in there in, in the Borat sequel where Borat's daughter goes to a hotel ballroom and into a conference, a small conference full of local community Republican women. And she gets up into, and she gets up to the podium and she gets to give a speech and it starts out all normal, like a lot of things in Borat does in the, in the Borat movies. And then, of course, it goes off the rails. And you can just look at these women's faces when it starts to go off the rails. These are middle-aged, country club white women. And they're just like, they're starting to clutch their pearls. They're starting to say, well, this is inappropriate. And ladies don't talk that way. And those are the kind of people that John Cornyn is trying to appeal to. They are, he is trying to appeal to the Republican women who are turned off by Donald Trump's demeanor and his behavior, but they like his policies, and they just want uh, an acceptable suit to carry those policies forward. It's actually kind of smart in a way because they're, he's banking on people to maybe split their vote. They won't vote for Donald Trump, but they'll vote for John Cornyn because they like the policies and they just want it in a friendlier manner. 
Agreed. Um, a lot of the commercials, though, are, are very personal in, in their nature. There are commercials where they try to attack MJ for having tattoos, uh, for riding a motorcycle. Uh, her backstory is she was shot down in the Iraq war, and the tattoos are to cover shrapnel wounds and so what i find interesting is this sort of cultural battle that's happening between some very very old school view of what a texas woman is versus this new version and what i would rhetorically ask anyone is what would ann richards say yeah i mean she was a velvet glove i mean or a velvet hammer she she knew how to how to make a put down but still you know act with a little bit of decorum and it's uh it's it's fascinating because texas has been a red state for quite a while even though there are very big pockets of blue and i don't know what the picture looks like down there you'll know better than i do but this is uh definitely an appeal to the country club middle class suburbanites who are on the fence or might be on the fence well, he's in a battle. Uh, personally, I, I think he's going to pull it out and win. Um, I'm not sure that the president's going to win Texas, so that, that'll be interesting. And if Florida or Texas go to Biden, then we know, we know on that Tuesday evening or soon thereafter that the election is over. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. Let's not, got it. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. In the meantime, literally drowning in these horrible political ads that are that are attack ads and they're not well done and they're making horrible assumptions and crossing lines so um it's another area where the ad business ends up looking bad and this is a really strange sector of the ad business they're they're off in their own realm the people that make political ads Generally, they're not the ad agencies to work with consumer brands or B2B brands. It's its own camp and right. their own style. And I really wish they would move off of this and learn from the best consumer advertising and yeah. do, do a better job. Sure. I mean, there's a whole class of political consultants who not only – make the ads and write the ads, but they also buy the airtime and that's how they're getting rich. They buy all the airtime and then they just roll, roll the production right into the rest of it. And so they've got this playbook that they've been using for 15 and 20 and 30 years. And they, it, it's been getting, um, getting better because we're seeing a lot more video. I mean, there's just a lot more of it right now, but there is in some circles, there are better ones and higher quality productions, but for the most part, when you get on the air in these local news markets, they're just bottom of the barrel. It's bad advertising. <laughs> yeah. And to segue on to our next advertiser, uh, we're going to look at a commercial from Rakuten, the online retailer. And let's play this for our listeners. I shop for jeans online. Last night in the yoga mat to stay zen. Now I'm gonna just buy a bike for him. Cash back on the stuff all in my home. 
shop on Rakuten. Feel the joy of cash back. This is an Amazon competitor. Uh, the reason I wanted to discuss it just briefly is I happen to love that song, Rocket Man by Elton John. So th this is, you know, a bastardization of a classic song, not in a good way. Well, there's only one reason to do this ad and one reason to use that song, and that is to get everybody to pronounce the brand correctly. Rakuten. It's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. And I'll admit, before I didn't before I saw this spot, I wasn't quite sure if it's Rakuten or or Rakuten or what how you pronounce it. So this is the only reason you would do a concept like this. And there's some interesting um uh visuals to go with this. There's a you know lovely singer and she's at her kitchen kitchen counter that becomes a piano that drops through the floor of her house. Then it becomes a um, you know chorus on clouds it's a little weird and all of this is to say is the only reason that you need to do this spot is to get people to pronounce the brand correctly that's it which is important and you've you've made a good point uh with the visual approach so so on television this is uh visually arresting so you'll look at it it's it's got high production values and it's interesting and of course we all know the song yeah um mm -hmm. i just think about about all these Rolling Stones songs and Elton John songs that, that just are the theme songs for so many commercials and brands today that it, it's a little overwhelming. And, you know, some of these songs maybe should be left alone. Yeah, and, you know, this is an, it's an interesting segue. One day we will discuss what happened to jingles and what happened to original brand songs. Uh, this is not the time, but the use of songs like Rocket Man for Rocketan uh, just give Elton John and Burning Taupin some more money and uh, at the expense of something catchy and original. But we'll talk about that some other time. I'll talk about it right now. I grew up on the Dr. <laughs> Pepper uh, commercials that, that made quite an impression because they were musicals. Original. Right. Original. Yeah. yeah. Uh, incredible theatrical musical productions. Where's that, you know, today? It's like, it's like, I guess that's not in the budget. Yeah. I mean, well, this, this is probably not a cheap spot to have licensed uh, that song. So, you know, the budget was just better put towards uh, cultural, uh, probably borrowed interest a little bit. So what do you think it costs to get that song? I don't know, but the only the only basis of comparison I ever have for this is that when back when we were doing a home builder client in Dallas, they wanted to use Our House by Crosby, Stills and Nash, and just for shits and giggles, I got on the phone to a music license house that coordinates those kind of things, and he's like, "They don't start talking until you until you've got five hundred thousand dollars." I'm like, "Okay, see you later, thank you." So who knows? I was going to say a million um for rocket man or more two million yeah probably uh, and it's not even elton john singing um yeah. but you know this is how you get people's attention and like you said maybe we'll pronounce rocketon i don't think either of us can quite do it <laughs> <laughs> yeah correctly uh which gets into naming and naming problems and how difficult that can be um so next topic, Darren, I want to talk a little bit uh, about Oreo 
cookies and what they're up to above the Arctic Circle. They have created something called the Global Oreo Vault for all humankind. And you can go to their YouTube page and there's several videos there. Uh, most of them are three, four, five minutes long, so I'm not gonna uh, play them now, uh, not in full. But the idea is like the seed vault um, where all of uh, the seeds from all over the world can be stored in this safe place. The idea is that, you know, should we reach, you know, peak apocalypse, um, we, we've got to have a place to keep the Oreos. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so I, I do like the premise and I, I like um, creating this type of narrative, you know, basically out of the blue, you know, just creating something that becomes in a way uh, event marketing, except that you're not able to, you know, the customers aren't going to go up to this vault, which apparently does actually exist in Norway. Um, but it makes for good viewing. Um, what do you think about this whole Oreo for all humankind vault up, up in Norway? It's, it's well, I, recipes yeah. and, and everything it, else. It sounds like this sort of a, was a nugget of an idea that came out of Twitter. The original, there's a three minute video uh, that introduces, introduces the whole thing. And I guess, there, there was a, there was a tweet that sort of got their minds thinking about it. But I watched the I watched this three minute video, and it just occurred to me that the whole thing was sort of the market the marketing equivalent of an Oreo cookie. It's just a quick sugar high that you forget. I just thought it was it just has no nutritional value for remembering the brand or caring about the brand or wanting to buy more Oreos. I just thought it was a very big waste of money very frivolous and just not really all that interesting to me. And I really don't understand a lot of these brands that run these three, four, five, six minute videos that go nowhere. They're filling the content hole. Now I know it's an endless hole, you know, maybe they should put some uh, double stuff in that hole. <laughs> I, 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 uh, at the end of the video or these videos, this series of videos, this goes to help answer your question. Um, at the very end, you see the cookie and the line, stay playful. So they want to just have fun. And the question is, okay, so the brand is having fun and the agency is having fun making this fun content that fills the content hole. Um, is it good enough? for the viewer to have fun and also to share so other people can have fun. Yeah. I, I, I not the person to answer that question. Cause I certainly wouldn't share it. You know, if you're obsessed with Oreos, maybe you are one of those people who would share it. Uh, I just wasn't really all that impressed. That's a no. Uh, <laughs> and you're right because it's a reach. It's, it's, it's like, how is this relative to me? Um, I'm glad that, you know, if we reach uh, an apocalyptic state here on earth, that the Oreo recipes are kept someplace safe. Um, it is a playful sort of Twitter-esque idea, uh, but to make these long three, four, five minute uh, campaign videos and, and try to lean on, it does seem like a reach. 
Uh, it's you, a long way. It's a long way to go for very little payoff. Yeah, and for very little cookie. Um, <laughs> so, so Dan, once again, uh, excellent ad chattering with you and our friends and colleagues listening. Thank you so much for your time and your ears. We do very much appreciate it. Dan, last word to you. Well, thanks everybody. And we would love to hear your feedback and know that if we can critique ads, you can critique us. And if there's any topics that you want us to expand upon in the future, there's a lot going on in the world and especially in the world of marketing and advertising, we're happy to get into it and entertain a good discussion. Sponsored by Large Mountain in Omaha, Nebraska. Engineered by Dan Goldgeier in Seattle, Washington.